What's going on, guys? So in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to give a little preview and prediction for each of tonight's Monday Night Football games. First one being the Chiefs at the Buffalo Bills. And uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and go, give it a start right there. So look, I'm really excited about this game. Both of these teams are coming off a loss, and that um, is almost the next best thing from both of them being undefeated, which is obviously what we probably would have all preferred. Um, but unless you're a Raiders or a Titans fan, that is. But um, but yeah, so let's get into this game. Josh Allen against this Kansas City pass defense is something I'm very much looking forward to um, watching because I think it's, it's going to kind of be a big reason for one of these teams win, right? If the Chiefs can can get the Josh Allen of last week out of Josh Allen, well, they'll obviously probably not ha- they, they won't have much of an issue with this game. Um, Allen is the ninth fewest pressured quarterback at 18%, where Kansas City is uh, has the 10th most sacks and generates the fourth most pressure per dropback at 28% um, of the time. So they generate pressure on 28% of opponent dropbacks. So that's a lot. That's 10% more than Josh Allen uh, gets pressured. So that is something interesting. Kansas City's defense is tied for third with the interceptions with six. They are the they are fifth in quarterback rating allowed at just 83.7. Buffalo's receivers, though, in my opinion, have an advantage, a clear advantage over this Kansas City secondary if protection holds up. Right? And that's not something that is very, um, that's an easy thing to do against this Chiefs pass rush because they are nasty. Uh, they, I mean, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, uh, and they can come at you uh, and they like to blitz like they're they're just a, a good, good pass rushing group. So um, obviously, Josh Allen has been great so far, with the exception of last week, even though he did have some great moments even in last week's game. Um, but he's he mean that he's completed 69 percent of his passes on the season, which no one thought he could do um, for over almost eight and a half yards per attempt. He averages 318 pass yards per game. 14 passing touchdowns to three interceptions, and he also has three rush touchdowns. So 17 touchdowns on the year for this dude. Um, so it will be very interesting, and to me, it's going to very much determine the outcome of this game, how well the Chiefs can deal with Josh Allen. Um, obviously, right? Number two thing I'm looking at is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid against this Buffalo Bills defense. And I really hope we get to see Tredavious White play because that would just make the matchup all the more great, in my opinion. Uh, but Buffalo Bills defense and Sean McDermott. So Sean McDermott versus Andy Reid. This is kind of a teacher versus student a little bit because McDermott worked under Andy Reid in Philadelphia uh, all those years ago. So. Um, and that's actually what got Sean McDermott his job in Carolina as the defensive coordinator with Ron Rivera because Ron Rivera also worked with Andy Reid. So um, that's just kind of a little interesting thing I got on that. But the um, Patrick Mahomes is the 10th most pressured quarterback at almost 25% of his dropbacks, 24.8. But the Buffalo Bills are generating the second fewest pressures at 16.2%. However, I'm not all that concerned with that in this particular game because I don't think that's kind of the angle you want to go at Patrick Mahomes. I don't think you want to put a ton of pressure on him. Now, I think there's definitely going to be situations arise uh, during the game that you want to blitz and, and maybe even bring a big heavy blitz at him, maybe even a zero blitz, which is just very rare, but uh, that you should do that against Mahomes and the Chiefs. 
But I think their best bet is to keep him in the pocket at all costs. So tell your edge rushers to, to rush to contain like by any means necessary, like don't, don't get greedy and, and take that angle because as soon as you do that, Pat's going to break contain and then he's where he's most comfortable. So I'm a believer that you should make someone do what they're uh, least comfortable doing. Right. So if, if you're Mahomes, Mahomes wants you to rush him aggressively so he can just break contain and now it's backyard football and he's just gunslinger Pat looking to make something flashy happen. And it usually works out pretty well for him. Uh, Right. So that's kind of where I would take this. I would just say, you know what, if, if I'm the Buffalo bills tonight, I'm embracing the fact that we don't have a great pass rush because I think that that might work to a disadvantage for you. And I'm playing coverage behind it. Like I'm at least dropping seven, um, maybe even situations where I drop eight, you know, actually definitely in my opinion, situations where I drop eight into coverage. And, and really the one thing Sean McDermott does the best is, uh, and you can hear this around the league when, when NFL people talk about this with him is that he, confuses everyone like he used to confuse the hell out of Tom Brady and that dude's played for two decades you know think about that so what he can do with the back end just like it looks like one coverage and then you know it's it's not that coverage or one side of the field is playing this this side's field doing you know something different so he's just really really good at mixing up his coverages and confusing quarterbacks so if he can keep Mahomes in the pocket make him work through his progressions and not allow him to escape um, Ed Oliver, by the way, is going to be a big in this game because if he, if there w- is pressure that can hurt Pat, it's going to be right up the middle there. And I believe Coleccio Simile is out, so that could be a factor. But if you can keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket and have him just a little bit confused to where he has to hold the ball, eventually the the pass rush could can still be effective um, in that situation. And because eventually they're going to get home, right? And um, like I said, Tredavious White being questionable is really making me nervous because I really want to see this secondary at its best, um, you know, against against this uh, Chiefs receiving court. And it's unfortunate that Sammy Watkins is out tonight, too. So that, that's very much unfortunate. But in my opinion, look, this Chiefs uh, offense, the way they are so deep at the skill position, all they're going to do is plug in their second round pick from a year ago, Mecole four three speed Hardman in there, so it's not like that's going to crush them necessarily. But of course, at this stage in their careers, Sammy Watkins is a better player, so they would definitely prefer him. But I think Tre'Davious White is a huge loss if um, if he's not there. But in any case, with or without Tre'Davious White, I'm dropping at least seven into coverage on basically every snap, um, and or I'm going to drop six into coverage, rush four, and just spot have one guy. Where his job, Tremaine Edmonds would be perfect for this, ironically, um, where his job is to just spy Patrick Mahomes, stay with him everywhere he goes, and do not let him hurt you with his legs. Because right now, like I said, that is what he's most comfortable doing. He wants to escape the pocket, kind of have that freedom. Maybe it's because he's getting pressured so often that he just like doesn't like the feeling of just all the bullets flying at him. So he, he likes to just escape look around and and then sling it because he knows whether he escapes left or right there is no throw that's off limits for Patrick Mahomes and in that situation same thing with Josh Allen by the way um but yeah so that's what he wants to do right now Josh Allen weirdly enough is the more comfortable pocket passer 
And that's kind of a crazy thing to say, but he is the guy that Josh Allen isn't going to always break contain because he doesn't want to. He wants to, he just wants to maneuver a little bit in the pocket to create a little bit more time, you know, just kind of shuffle his little Tom Brady esque where he just moves around somewhat in the pocket, still in the pocket with his eyes downfield, like he did the other night on that laser of a touchdown he threw to the, I think it was to the running back, TJ Yeldon. Um, but for like 35 yards, just that, that play was so ridiculous because the, the, Titans defender is literally looking at Allen and just like not even considering that he's going to try that. And then the ball just gets there and it's like, what the hell? Um, That's the kind of arm talent that like I was saying in my earlier podcast today, sometimes and not just sometimes, but a decent amount of the time, I would say arm strength can be a great equalizer. So when you have that type of a cannon of an arm, like you can do shit that guys are just like totally not even expecting right or and and um yeah so that that's an advantage for sure so the bills defense they do not miss many tackles they have the 12th fewest missed tackles and among teams that have played the same amount of games as them uh entering this week they have missed the ninth fewest so they're not a team that's going to miss a ton of tackles. So I think that that kind of goes back into what I'm saying, where if they just play coverage and don't allow anything to beat them deep and rally and make the tackle, I think that's that's a really good strategy for them. So if they can keep him in the pocket, they can keep Pat Mahomes in the pocket, they'll have a chance to have a really successful night on the defensive side of the ball. And that that when I say successful, I don't mean shut out Patrick Mahomes. I mean, maybe only maybe keep him under 30. Right. <laughs> So you can, you know, potentially win 30 to 27 or something like that. Um, Anyways, another thing I think is very important for this game is Devin Singletary. I think he has to play better or not. It's not that even necessarily that he's been playing not that good, but he just hasn't had as many opportunities. And I think that him against a run defense that is definitely at least vulnerable. I mean, they allow five yards a carry. They allow 157 yards a game. Both are bottom five. Um, in in yards per carry allowed and rush yards allowed. And Kansas City has missed 46 tackles. That's the fifth most missed tackles uh, entering this week. So Devin Singletary, as most of us know at this point, is a missed tackle forced machine. Like he he forces a bunch of missed tackles. So that in and of itself is, is a very interesting thing to watch. Um, and I think that this could be a, a big game for Singletary, just a high, heavy workload for him. And I think that um, the uh, something that really goes un- overlooked when we talk about just running the football and um, kind of keeping the clock moving, sustaining those long drives, whereas you don't necessarily want to get into a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You don't want to just big play, big play necessarily, because that means you have to defend Patrick Mahomes even more. And that also means Mahomes is a rhythm player. So when he gets into a rhythm, that's when he is like deadly, right? So the the best thing you can do is keep his ass on the sideline. I know that's cliche, but you keep him on the sideline. And then when he is in, when he comes into a game, you make him uncomfortable and you end his drive quickly. And then you keep the ball for a long time again. That does, that does what they don't want you to do. And that's, that disrupts the rhythm of their offense. So Singletary having an effective game 
will actually do wonders for this Buffalo defense as well, in my opinion, just because <clears throat> you keep Pat Mahomes off the field and out of rhythm as a result of that. So I think that part matters very much. Um, the Bills' run defense has been solid. They just allow their 14th in that regard and uh, 12th in yards per game at 14th in yards per carry allowed. So without Le'Veon Bell tonight, because I think he can't play in this one for the Chiefs, <clears throat> um, Kansas City will likely be a little bit pass heavy. And uh, they have no problem being pass heavy, as we know. They have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now. So, um, But I, I only say that because I think that kind of really goes well for Buffalo in terms of if their strategy is to kind of deploy that Patriots, um, just you know, keep him in the pocket and don't let him break contain, yada, yada, all that, and play coverage on the back end. If they can do that and they don't have to worry so much about the run game, I think that's very, very important for them. And it, and it just makes their job a lot easier because as you guys have heard me say many times now, <clears throat> deception on offense is, is the one of the crazier and most important aspects of offensive execution and, and play calling. And if you don't have to worry so much so about the run game, uh, especially about just like them handing it to Clyde Edwards, 25, 30 times, if you don't necessarily have to worry about that, that plays to your advantage very much because you don't have to, you know, that's just one less thing you have to consider, right? So I think that may work to their advantage. And and guys, call me crazy, but going into this game, go, like when I was uh, making my preview and gathering up all this data and everything, I went into this game thinking Chiefs are going to win the game. But after all the work I've done on it, and just really analyzing the matchups and how the personnel really stack up against each other, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this freaking game. I really do. I wouldn't bet on it because I'm not ready to, you know, I'm not that confident in it. But I think that there'll be, I think they will be able to make things difficult on this Chiefs offense. And like I know that the the Bills defense hasn't been the Bills defense of, of uh, basically any other year of Sean McDermott's been there so far, but I think that coming off a loss and coming off a bad loss too, right? And basically having a pretty bad start to the season for this defense, I think Sean McDermott is going to be like take an extra challenge for this matchup to be able to go against his former basically teacher, quote unquote teacher, uh, and Andy Reid. And I think he's going to have some answers. And I think he's going to have his team super ready to play. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game 30 to 26. And uh, like they're going to be desperate. This game, in my opinion, means more to Buffalo than it does to Kansas City. And factor in who's been the more consistent team this season. To me, it's been Buffalo. Like even though their defense isn't as good as it has been, or as good as Kansas City's even. But I just don't think Kansas City's has not been very consistent this year. And I like the way Buffalo matches up. And uh, as long as they don't come out and do some crazy stuff like throw a bunch of zero blitzes at Pat Mahomes or play a bunch of man coverage and just like, you know, be very aggressive on the back end and, and uh, in terms of just blitzing and things like that, I, I think they'll be able to make things difficult enough because – I guess what I'm saying is with this Kansas City def uh, offense, when you can basically force them to be patient, that is 
And when you combine the fact that if you can force them to be patient and you can possess the ball for long stretches of time at a time, that's when when they get a little frustrated at a rhythm and human. That's when you can kind of make them a little bit more human. So I'm taking the Bills in that one, man. That's just how I feel about it. And maybe it's just because I love the Buffalo Bills and everything they stand for. Maybe my emotions are getting the best of me here. But I don't care. I'm taking the Bills. Don't bet on it, though. And Oh, by the way, the uh, Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites. So if you do want to make a bet on this game, I like taking Buffalo plus five-and-a-half. And in terms of the over-under, it's 56, and I literally predicted a 30-26 to 26 score. So if I could stress to you how on the fence I am about the over-under, that would kind of be it. Um, anyways, moving on to the Cardinals and Cowboys game tonight. <clears throat> this game is a pick 'em. It's literally that Vegas is just like we don't even know who to favor. So no one's favored. Just pick 'em and uh the over under is 55 and a half. So that's the first thing that caught my eye about this game with the over under is 55 and a half when the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs over under is 56. So it's like which one did you get wrong because I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me, but I get it because both, I mean, uh, the Dallas defense has been awful. So I don't know. And Andy Dalton's is still a good quarterback. So um, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just interesting to me. But neither one of these run defenses is great. We're not going to confuse either one for being great. But Dallas, their run defense has been particularly bad, fifth worst in the NFL. Um, so if there were ever a get right game for Kenyon Drake, it's got to be this one. It's got to be. Um, on the flip side of that, Arizona's 19th against the run, and, and um, Chandler Jones is out for the year. My guy, Chandler Jones. Um, excuse me. And Ezekiel Elliott is likely to be featured even more. I honestly think just what I would do is give Zeke 30 carries, at least 30 touches, at least 30 touches, I mean. And, yeah, I mean, I just think that this Dallas, if – this Dallas team, if they want a chance to to kind of control this game, it's very similar strategy I would use to defending the Chiefs than I would that I would for the Cardinals. Not because I think Kyler Murray is Patrick Mahomes, or because I think Cliff Kingsbury is Andy Reid. Just to be clear, I do not think either one of those things are true. But I just think that they're a rhythm and timing offense. If you look what the Carolina Panthers did to the Cardinals and how they were able to beat them pretty easily is because they just didn't like every drive for the Cardinals was a short drive. And that's not what they do. They was, it was a three and out punt, you know, and, and basically the Panthers were back on the field. So when you look at the way the Cardinals offense is designed, it's to gain like four yards every play and then to hit you maybe with a deep one, like, you know, a couple times a game, like Kyler Murray is amongst the bottom, I'd, I'd say he's about 20th, if I remember correctly, in 20-plus yard pass plays so far this year. I think he has 16. So it's not like they're, you know, a huge deep play team. That offense is designed to be a consistent chain-moving rhythm style of offense. So for those reasons, I think if you can run the ball effectively from on your side of the offense, which Dallas should be in line to do against a below-average run defense and um, with Ezekiel Elliott and with no Dak Prescott and with a backup quarterback in there, even if it is Andy Dalton, you're probably going to want to pound the hell out of the football and 
and just kind of um, take pressure off your backup, right? So those those kind of reasons make me favor the fact that Dallas should be able to run the ball effectively and just basically reasons why I think they will try. And um, so Kyler Murray this year has not been a great passer. 69.6 completion percentage, so that's good. 7.2 yards per attempt, which actually for him is relatively high. It's higher than he's ever had. And then eight touchdown passes to six interceptions. So that's a lot of interceptions. Um, And this Dallas uh, pass defense is not really an intercepting team. They have one pick on the year. As a matter of fact, these teams combined have allowed 20 touchdown passes to two interceptions. So each team has one interception. So Andy Dalton looked good last week in just a limited, you know, limited action. But we've seen Andy Dalton. We know that he can play, right? So against a team that's not really going to be mistaken as a world-beating pass defense, I think it's reasonable to think Andy Dalton could have a solid game. Um, Okay, back to the Cardinals offense for just a second. Who the hell is going to cover DeAndre Hopkins? Because if you don't, if you only use one guy, if you're Dallas, he's going to hurt you badly. And if that's Trayvon Diggs, who's been okay. I don't like how Trayvon Diggs is being sort of bashed by the media and, and certain fans. Like he's been asked to do a lot as a rookie corner and not even a first round pick, a second round pick. Um, but if you ask him to cover D hop one-on-one, he's going to get hurt badly. Like it's going to be ugly. You know what I mean? And that's okay. That doesn't mean he's a bust for, for you Cowboy fans listening. That does not mean that he's a bust. That means that he's a second round pick and a rookie um, who's already a solid starter being asked to do something that he should not be asked to do. Okay. So when you look at DeAndre Hopkins, who's been, who has accounted for almost 30% of targets um, from this Arizona offense, 29.2. And he's their leading receiver by almost 400 yards. He has almost 400 yards more than anybody else. Guys, they've only played five games. So he has 528 receiving yards while the next closest Cardinals, Christian Kirk, at 154 yards. So that is like, to me, this shapes up very nicely for the Cowboys to just make someone else beat them, make someone else beat you. Like if you guys want to get cute and let me and make Kyler Murray the star of the, of, you know, his home area, Texas stadium. And you, you know, the, because that's a lot of times this Cowboy stadium, Jerry world kind of brings that out of opposing teams where they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to let our young quarterback become a star here. And sometimes that works out great. And sometimes that doesn't work out well at all. Right. Because the Cowboys need this win badly. So both teams need this win, but if they're going to come out and, and let Kyler pass the ball a ton, if I'm Dallas, I am just absolutely I'm probably just going to double D hop every snap, like pull a Bill Belichick and just make you throw it to somebody else because I'm not so sure you can, you know what I mean? So if if you literally kind of just make them uh, make Kyler Murray, throw it to somebody else, I think that's when the mistakes will come in. And um, of course the mistakes would also come in if he decides to force it to DeAndre Hopkins in double coverage too. But if you're Dallas, number one, you don't have the personnel to, to cover DeAndre Hopkins one-on-one. Um, maybe Trayvon Diggs will be that guy at some point, but he's not right now. And really, 
who is that guy right now? Like there may be four of them at all that, that are even walking around this earth. So, um, so yeah. And, uh, if I'm, so if I'm Dallas, I'm feeding Zeke, I'm running play action early on first downs and specifically to, to basically back them up a little bit so that I can then establish the run. Right. So I'm, I'm letting Andy Dalton play action on first down early, um, get ahead of the sticks, stay ahead of the sticks. And then I'm just going to pound the run game constantly. Um, and if I'm Arizona, I'm running the ball 35 to 40 times with creativity, which they have shown that they can do. They can be a very creative run team. Um, and I'm, I'm forcing this Dallas defense to tackle me. So um, with in terms of my passing game from the Cardinals, I'm going to scheme some other receivers open early. And then that way later on in the game, I can go back to Hopkins. Once they kind of, once you catch them not doubling him, then you can hit him for a big play in the third quarter or later in the game. But that's kind of how I see the best strategy for both teams. And in this game, believe it or not, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Mainly because I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury to do the right thing and just run the ball. I think Cliff has a flair for the dramatic, man. I think he just wants to, I think he's going to want to make Kyler Murray the star and the talk of the town in his basically hometown area. Uh, I think he's born and raised pretty close to Dallas. And in my opinion, that's just too risky. So I think Mike McCarthy in this situation is going, He's he at least has the incentive to be the more conservative um, coach and not conservative in a bad way, but conservative in a way that's like, hey, we're going to give Ezekiel Elliott the ball 30 times. We're going to let Andy Dalton, we're going to keep Andy Dalton in good situations. And I think that's that's their best course of action to win this game. I think it's going to, this game is going to thoroughly disappoint people who bet on the over, as I think it will be a 27 to 20 Dallas Cowboys victory. And it just seems to me like one of those games where the Cowboys just come out and, and win it. And then everybody's like, whoa. And then you're going to have the really annoying people that are like, well, see, we don't need Dak. We, you know, <laughs> oh my God. That's, I almost want to pick the Cardinals just because I don't want to hear that kind of crap. But um, yeah, I think that Mike McCarthy now will have to basically know, hey, I don't have my stud quarterback in, so I need to be better as a play caller. I need to get the run game established. I need to be more creative and I need to feed Zeke, you know, feed Zeke and, and do that against a team that just lost Chandler Jones for the season. So that's just my take on it. I got the Cowboys 27-20. Guys, feel free to DM me and talk about it if you want. Um, on Instagram, it's at FairShakeFootball. On Twitter, at FairShakeFB. All right, guys, enjoy the games tonight. Talk to you later.